this week, the question we're going to focus on is simply, what is politics? I'm Kieran O'Meara, and you're listening to The Polit Podcast. Over the last year, I've considered myself exceptionally lucky to have had a number of brilliant thinkers come on the podcast and share with us their thoughts about topics that they spend time, they spend their lives thinking, researching and talking about. And it's so lovely to have them come on and to share with us their ideas and their thoughts on these issues. Indeed, we've not only had a number of thinkers from different parts of the globe, but we've also engaged with a number of different topics, from populism to sports and international politics, from North Korean sanctions to witches. We've covered a lot of ground, and we look forward to covering more. Nonetheless, over the course of the last year, throughout these interviews, I've always asked two questions to every single guest. The second question is always, who can we read if we want to find more about this? Who would you recommend going away and reading if I want to learn more? But the first is a much more complicated question. The first question I always ask, that I ask everybody, is simply, how do you understand politics or the political? The reason why I ask this is because it's such an interesting question to get a variety of perspectives on. And very rarely do you ever get two political thinkers, two individuals that engage with political studies, will give the same response. And so what we have here are five of my interviewees, <laughs> five of my guests, in their response to the question, how do you understand politics or the political? In the following episode, you're going to hear Keith Preble and Charmaine Willis from the Rockefeller College of Public Affairs and Policy at the University of Albany, State University, New York, who spoke in episode 19, Chloe Carroll from the University of Limerick, and who is the subject of episode 15, Dr. Georg Luthelman, the subject of episode 17 from the University of Warwick, and Anna Maria Angelescu, episode 18, and from the National University of Political Studies and Public Administration in Bucharest, Romania. So, what is politics or the political to you? Oh, that's a very uh, complicated question. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm teaching this a class this summer on um, U.S. politics. Uh, it's not an area where I do research per se, but um, it, having been a, as a graduate student, I've had to uh, be a teaching assistant for the larger lecture courses. Uh, so I've developed, um, you know, I've developed, uh, you know, sort of, uh, activities around uh, for this course, and actually, your question is a question that I asked my students um, this summer in a writing uh, in one of their writing assignments is to think about um, you know how they perceive or understand politics um, through sort of their everyday um, 
you know, things they do every day or some of their hobbies. Um, and so I guess for me, in terms of understanding politics um, or, or, or the political is, um, I guess for me, it would be the, the ways in which countries cooperate uh, or don't cooperate. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, cooperation, um, I think, is an important uh, aspect to international relations, uh, which I study. Uh, and so for me, I think the political is in the ways in which the these various forms of cooperation take place uh, and when they don't take place. Uh, so I think we see it. there's lots, always lots of variation um, to play around with. Uh, and I think in my studies of foreign policy and economic sanctions in particular, um, I'm always fascinated by, you know, when countries uh, work together uh, to achieve, uh, you know, interests when those interests converge, but also instances where those interests, interests don't converge uh, and how, uh, we see lots of cooperative, but also uh, uncooperative outcomes. Yeah, so this is also a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think obviously this is a it's a hard question to answer um, for myself. When I think of you know what is politics, what's political, my my immediate response to the question is, well, what's not politics or what's not political? I, I see. I mean, I see it everywhere. I don't know if that's being a political scientist or not, but um, you know, typically we, a lot of people offer this definition that has to do with power and who has it and who doesn't have it. Um, and I will say, I, I guess I kind of agree with that kind of notion in the sense that a lot of my, my own research, um, it really is, is about the politics that takes place outside of institutions. So, you know, things like social movements and protests and that kind of thing as well. Um, so maybe maybe my definition would be more along the lines of conflict and the struggle for power. So that the opposite of what Keith said. That's an interesting question. Um, the political for me, I guess, in some senses, it can be a form of oppression, but in others, it can be empowering. It's just, um, there's a very big divide on who can have that power and who can't. And I think that's something that my work, I tried to put into it anyway, is that we need to revert these power structures and the political can do that because that is the power hierarchies in society, the, the political figures. And I think we need, um, we're very unbalanced right now on who has power and who doesn't. So for me, I think, yeah, it does. It really comes down to power relations. Interesting. Okay, so I have a special question for you to sort of come uh, alongside this question of the political, which is, aside from the discourse around otherness, how can literature and mythology and sort of stories and legend about the monstrous illuminate something of those power structures of the political? I think a, a big example of it is um, contemporary feminism is combing through all of these sources, rereading them from an empowered perspective. And for example, Lilith. Lilith was, as you said, responsible for cot death. You know, she was a child consuming demon. She left the Garden of Eden, God and angels after, and you know, she was like, I'm mad, I'm going to kill a hundred kids a day. But now feminist mythology brings her back and said, well, Lilith was 
the mother of demons. She was the first witch. She was the first female monster. She was all of these things. But now we look to her and we say, well, she's pretty powerful. You know, and a lot of people want to identify with Lilith and her ability to, to say, you know, I'm not going to listen to Adam. I'm out. <laughs> Which is, although it was um, a big source of damning her, now we look at it and we say, yeah, you go, girl. <laughs> no, I couldn't agree with you more <laughs> on that. Okay, so I, I do actually have one question on the back of that, which is why why do you think so many resist that? Even sort of um, women in society, why do you think so many women resist that reflective turn? I guess it's... um change is scary nobody wants change but um you know it's it's not always going to be in your control and it's most definitely not always going to be in your favor so i guess feminism now the way i look at it and the way they approach the likes of the witch and the monster is they're reshaping their own history and saying you know you're not taking that from us you're most certainly not taking our future because we're going to start taking that back from you too but i do think it's like um like during the Reagan era and you had Villa Shapley and you had the Eagle Forum. Some people just don't want it. Um, they're scared of change, which is fine. But then there's this need that you need to understand. You know, it could be for the better. You know, you don't need to um, oppress other people to move on up. To me, and there I come probably from like a social constructivist uh, direction and also, uh, uh, you know, a background of like Foucaultian discourse. Analysis. To me, politics is, is, is a constant struggle over defining meaning in society and the location of power in society. Who is the in-group? Who is the out-group? Who, you know, is the one that promotes a version of reality that is commonly accepted as authentic and legitimate. Mm. And there I'm very much with, with Move that I think this, this antagonism between hegemony and counter-hegemony, um, between a version of reality that is presented by a powerful elite, let's say, as true and authentic, there will always be someone who challenges uh, this, uh, somebody who challenges that, right? So liberal hegemony, for example, was promoted by decades by the US foreign policy establishment as essentially without alternative. And there was a broad spectrum of critics from, you know, realist IR scholars to progressive critics on the left of the political spectrum who, who criticized that. But it took a Trump, it took this nationalist populist to basically kind of like break up this, this consensus and replace that hegemony with a new version, if you will, <laughs> Of, um, of America first. So for me, for me, politics is this constant is this constant struggle over power, influence, and hegemony in, in society. That's a question I ask my students. So I will try not to plagiarize them. <laughs> but I would say that political or politics is about the struggle for power. I'm a realist at heart and I really believe that there's a struggle for power. Um, in the national system, of course, we have hierarchy, and I think it's ob obvious it's a struggle for power. But in the international system, 
we may be talking about norms, about the greater good or public goods lately. But I really do believe that what shapes what's a greater good or a public good is the struggle for power. I really think that the more powerful you are, the more able you are to influence what's the norm outside. So you've been listening to me, Kieran O'Meara, on the Pollitt Podcast. Or should I say more specifically, you've been listening to five of my previous guest speakers who have answered the question, what is politics or the political to them? Hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. And please, please, please remember to like, share, subscribe and follow. Go to Twitter, go to Instagram, go to TikTok, go to YouTube and go to Facebook. There we have every account, (laughs) an account for every single social media platform you can find. And don't forget to go to the website. There you'll be able to find more content and essays and articles that don't become podcast episodes for you to have a look at and to think over. And remember, when you're in the mood for a think, think Pollitt at www.thinkpollitt.com. Thank you. Thank you.